Welcome to your winning journey podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Lee. I went from feeling guilty eating the foods I love and letting the skill control me to now helping you overcome this. No matter where you are or what you're experiencing, you can always win and I'm going to show you how. It is now your turn to transform your health, mind, and life. So let's do this together. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I have another very special guest that is now finally on the podcast. I've been bugging her about this. And so I'm really excited that she finally said yes. And so we have my client, Honoree, here. And I really want to highlight her journey because when we were working together, she is a special snowflake. (laughs) And we'll talk about it so you understand. But I'm really excited to dive deep because I know that you are going to resonate with her story, especially if you have this mindset block where you think that you're too busy or you feel like you have such a hectic schedule and how the heck are you supposed to lose weight if, or even take care of your health, if like you are living in this season of your life where it almost feels impossible. And my time working with Honoree, I really saw like the possibility of like if she can do it anybody else can do it and anybody got no excuse and so welcome honoree welcome to the podcast introduce Hello. yourself <laughs> um hi guys uh, my name is honoree i am in my early 20s approaching mid 20s <laughs> and i'm a med student uh in my last year right now um i come from a Hmong family uh with three brothers one older two younger so happy to be here. Yay, I'm excited. Did y'all hear that? She said she's a med student. Do y'all know what med students go through and she's able to do this? I'm just going to keep highlighting that over and over in this podcast because it's going to play such an important part, but I'm so excited to have you, Honoree. And so can you tell the listener, like, what was your biggest struggle and just mainly the struggles that you had when it came to your weight loss journey? I know when you um, join one more coaching you talked a lot about how you did different types of programs and you try to eat like a certain way but you just felt like after a while it wouldn't stick and so I want you to talk about just like your overall journey with your weight yeah um so I guess it kind of started uh I'll just start back from when I was like a teenager uh so in high school I was like an avid tennis player and also a runner because my parents liked to run so I just tagged along on things so already not necessarily like naturally but I fell into rhythm with a lot of like athletic things but I think once I started getting into college where I had to pay more attention to my studies and couldn't play tennis as much it forced me to find a different way of exercising because you've always heard in the media and like from your doctor that oh like exercising and eating healthy is important for you and you should do it regularly so then I picked up doing blogawadis as one of my first I don't know I guess like fitness experiences yeah (laughs) Um, and so I enjoyed that for a really long time but the longer I was in it I dove deeper into like fitness and diet culture and it got me questioning a lot about like my identity and the things that I was doing like am I doing this whole fitness thing right or am I doing it wrong and so I went I've gone through blogalotties like Whitney Simmons kinds of things like Kayla Kayla I think like the bikini body challenge whatnot and so I've gone through a lot of those and I've noticed a lot of themes and I don't know there was always this clash between like what they had to offer me and does do I fit the mold that they presented to us yeah yeah and so can you talk about like that kind of struggle and you talk about the identity piece of it Mm -hmm. and I resonate with that a lot because when I first started out I was kind of like why are all these people doing this and like I don't understand that like why I can't keep up with this and I literally thought that I was the problem and so like I'm wondering did you feel that way when you were going through this struggle of like jumping back and forth and just trying to figure out like what is the right thing to do yeah most definitely I think the reason why I jumped from like program to program so much was because I was looking for something that would fit me but it always came down to like oh like let's do hit or pilates like five times a week you gotta eat like 
three meals a day and these are like your salads, your vegetables, um, nothing that I grew up eating. And so I struggled a lot with that. And I think that's why I jumped from so many programs to program. Yeah, yeah. And just so y'all know, if, if you um, didn't know, Honoree's Hmong. And I'm also Hmong, so we eat a lot of Hmong food. Yeah. And yes, we love salads, but like we can't have it like every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. And so at that time, like what were your thoughts about just food in general? Because I know when we were working together, you had a lot of sweet cravings. And those were the foods that you really wanted to enjoy. And also a lot of Asian Hmong food. And, mm-hmm. and at the time, I guess when you were doing all of these things, and did you feel like you didn't? have like the chance to eat these things like I I want you to just explain your thought process around what you were thinking about in terms of food and nutrition yeah so I guess when I joined the program I think being accustomed to the culture and like the thought process of all these programs was very much like you had foods that you labeled as good and you wanted to eat and you had food that was labeled as bad and so sweets I have a sweet tooth like I grew up eating a lot of candy and cakes um and so that was always very not necessarily disheartening but always labeled as bad for me um and so it was always like I had to second guess myself like am I doing this right? Like if I eat this, it's going to ruin my whole progress. And eventually, and unfortunately, and it spiraled to like, a, okay, if I eat this, it's going to ruin my progress. But if it's the one time that I get to eat this, I'm just going to eat a whole lot of it. Um, and so I got into this toxic culture of not, not necessarily like binge eating, but um, every now and then I would overindulge my share. Yeah. And how did you feel when you were in that process of like indulging, knowing that you were indulging? Because one thing that I was very surprised about when when we started working together was you kept saying, Sam, I like see myself doing these things, like eating like all these chocolates and these sweets. But like, I don't know why I just can't change. And you just kept saying, like, I'm aware of it, but like, I don't know why I can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that was a huge mind block, because I mean, like from everything that I learned over the past couple of years, it's always like, oh, chocolate is unhealthy for you and so like I was very well aware of it but it was a decision that I made unconsciously compared to this is going to get further into like our journey and my time with you but like compared to when I was with you working with you and it was more of a conscious decision of if I wanted it or not yeah I remember when Honoré took a picture of her chocolate I'm like can you just eat more of that like it's fine (laughs) it's just three like it's three it's like just have it and I think one thing that got you really to change your relationship with food was giving yourself permission to have Mm -hmm. it from a place of saying, I give myself permission to have this. And so I shouldn't shame myself because I created this rule. Right. And so can you talk about that? Because I know at first when I introduced the concept to you, you were like, if you're telling me to eat more of this, Sam, (laughs) I don't think you know, but it's going to be like more than you think what you're saying Mm -hmm. so I want you to like explain how you went from saying sweets were bad to me saying hey give yourself permission and eat this Mm -hmm. like how did you deal with that transition to creating your food rules you know yeah so I think I very much had like a list of good and bad foods coming into the program and so it took me by surprise when you did say it was okay to eat some of the bad foods kinds of things and I think what helped me a lot was with how before everything I ate we had to do like that scale of like how hungry I was and what my mood was and if it was a dessert type of food then I would have to write down like do I want this just because it's out of habit or do I actually want this because I'm craving it um and so that taking that just a couple seconds to think that through really helped me with um in progress progressing to like just allowing myself to have it being aware of the decisions that I was making because prior to the program I think very much so I was just grabbing things out of habit like oh I'm having a bad day let's just grab some chocolate whereas like later on I'm having a bad day but like will these chocolate solve my problems no but do I want to eat them yes so then I would just eat them and not feel bad about it because I know it was my doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And I think you brought up such a great point because the point that I want to make here is a lot of time the food shaming that you have about yourself when you have like carbs or when you have chocolate or you have a cake and you feel bad about it. You're like, oh, like I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Like to eliminate all of it is to really determine what's an intentional food decision versus like an unintentional food decision. And it it's as simple as taking that five second to check in with yourself mm-hmm. and just pause for a moment. Because I know for you, when we first started working together, I was like, Honoree is always in a rush. Like she's literally like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, can you just slow down for like five seconds and ask yourself, like, what do you want to eat? And if you want to eat that. And, and so I wanted to talk about that because I know with that schedule you had when we were working together, it was so hectic, Mm -hmm. but you made it work. And having just that present moment with your food, I think really created you to feel more confident about what you were eating and made decisions that you were proud of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess I keep referring back to like, as reference of like working with you before. Um, And so- before I joined the program, it was a very like rigid schedule of things that I thought I needed to follow. Like you had to eat lunch at noon and dinner at seven. Like you couldn't go past 10 or else it would be like turn into fat or something. Um, Those are all and, lies, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and same goes for like the workout schedule. Just like you have to work. Everyone has said like, write it down in your planner at 4 p.m. every day. That's what you're going to do. But with how med school works, we don't get our, we get our schedule month by month. So I would, it would be December and I wouldn't know what I would be on on in January. And so it was really hard for me to adjust to kind of what I was used to. And once I started working with you and just like reevaluating what I can and can't do was very helpful. And in regards to like food wise and being present with food, I would always eat on the go. So like wake up breakfast, I'll I'll grab a granola bar and I'll drive to work while eating. And then while I'm at work, I'll be doing notes and eating my lunch. And I think a lot of that's that like subconsciously fed into just like a lot of automatic habit, habitual things. Um, Like I would just finish all my food because that's what I knew from a young age um things like that yeah I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that's coming to my mind right now was I remember telling you like just have a moment with your food and Mm -hmm. you were like well Sam I can't really do that because like you know like we don't really get breaks and I was like that's fine then have a moment with your food when you can and that's usually when you come home Mm -hmm. but like she was fine like multitasking for breakfast, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's very important for you all to hear because when it comes to like losing 20 pounds and and your weight loss journey, it's it's not about trying to make the plan perfect, but it's really about adjusting the plan to where you're at Mm -hmm. and being okay that even though you execute the plan 50% of the time or even 70% of the time, like you're still gonna see results. But I think that all or nothing mentality comes into play. And then you feel like you're not able to do it 100% of the time. And so you feel like it's not worth it to do. And I remember like majority of our first two months of coaching was like, Honoree, you're doing it. Just keep doing it. And you're like, Sam, I feel like I'm doing nothing. Like this is not (laughs) as hard as I expected it to be. And so I think like, it's interesting for you to like reflect and see that because I think now it's just it just comes so naturally to you with the the eating habits that you've built, you know, in the program. Mm-hmm. And so talk about that, like how building a better relationship with time mm-hmm. allowed you to have like this healthy lifestyle that you've been wanting to build for a really long time, because I know time was something that we coach a lot on. Yeah, I definitely remember a lot of that where I was, I think. I am very much a person who comes in with the all or nothing. So it had to be done perfectly or else I would give up like when I mess up. And I think working with you really helped me through that hurdle um, in that just that constant reminder of like, it's okay if you only did it 50% of the time because you're still doing it. It's kind of that, that quote, I don't know, it's like, 
it's better to try than not it's yeah, better yeah. to fail knowing that you tried than um not trying at all and always wondering like what would have happened and I think that stuck with me a lot as I went through it and I'm just like I don't know if I'm making progress but in the long haul of things just like continuously and like being consistent was really helpful and even if that consistency wasn't 100% like the 70% does take you a long way yeah it does and I remember you were so surprised every single time we did like our evaluation and you're like oh my gosh these are all my wins like what is this (laughs) Uh, and so like I think that's important for everyone to hear because like if you're in that place right now where you just feel like you can't execute a program 100%, like you actually don't need to do that to see results from it. Let me tell you right now, I don't even execute everything that I teach perfectly 100% of the time because like we're all human beings. We make mistakes and things happen in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way you will be like a perfect Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unrealistic. And so it, it doesn't make sense for you to shame yourself if you don't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to like go a little bit deeper into that part because I know you talked about your rigid schedule and how that was constantly changing mm-hmm. and why like the other programs didn't work for you because you just felt like you had to keep up with them and it was just a little bit too complicated when you mix your schedule in. What changed this time about it? I know I was there to coach you, but I know there was a switch that came on when when you were like, oh, like this this can actually work. And like, I don't have to do it perfectly. I don't have to work out the same day every single week. I don't have to like get every single food picture in. I just need some data. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me about that mindset there because- I know the moment when you just release, like trying to control your schedule, everything kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So just disclaimer out there, I am mildly like a control freak. So it was really, <laughs> <laughs> it was really scary at first when, when Sam was just like, these are the things that you need to do. You can do them whenever. And I was like, um, is, are you sure that's okay? Like, is this going to work? But it actually ended up working in my favor, like you said, um, just because it allowed me to be flexible and it allowed me to meet myself where I was at and where I am in my life right now um, with just how my schedule changed every month. Like I couldn't keep the same workout days. And so when I was able to find a little bit of time and if I was feeling like within the first few months, if I was feeling like doing the stretches that you were giving me, I would do them. And I think giving myself that grace and that time to just kind of decide whether I wanted to do the workouts or not was really helpful because eventually it became like I felt better doing them. So then when I did have free time, I'd be like, okay, let's do them again because I do feel better. Like my ankle doesn't crack as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually want to say like, Tell the audience how you were talking to yourself through that process, uh-huh. because I think that's very important. I say everything's important in this episode. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear me say important <laughs> a lot because everything is important. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when it comes to mindset work, you know, it's really about like your self dialogue and how you talk to yourself. And I noticed that when you started building this relationship with with your mind and talking mm-hmm. back to it and when it kept saying oh, we don't have time today, or we have to do it like this, or Sam said it had to be like this, so it needs to go like this. Like, Mm -hmm. what were you encouraging in your head for you to, like, take action? Mm -hmm. Do you remember Uh, those thoughts or just even anything that comes up? Yeah, for me, it was very much, I think I came into the program very indecisive and, like, always in the gray area. And something that you said that helped me a lot was, like, you have two camps. You either have to like choose this one or that one. Like you can't be in the middle. And so that force, when it came to making these kinds of decisions, it very much forced me to just make a decision in that instance, even if I wasn't necessarily comfortable with it, because I was very comfortable in the gray area. Like, oh, I don't know. So I just won't do anything. And so forcing myself to make a decision in that moment also forced me to learn how to be uncomfortable with the decisions that I make. And later on, if I have to make the same decision again, it may or may not change on the feel on the feeling that I had. So like I was uncomfortable before, so would I choose something different this time? Yeah. 
that's yeah. huge i really like that i totally forgot i told you about that analogy <laughs> by the way <laughs> no you, yeah but, it's stuck <laughs> but it's like that's so good because what i want you to realize from this podcast episode as you're listening is the more you spend an indecision like let's say right now you're like debating I want to lose weight, but I kind of don't want to lose weight. I kind of want to lose weight. And like, you kind of base that decision on whatever is happening in your life, like your circumstances, like whether or not work allows you, school allows you or your kids or, you know, whatever it is. And you kind of hop back and forth in that camp that I was telling Honoree about. Like what happens is like you end up not making any decisions. And, and when you end up not making any decisions, then you don't take any actions and then you just stay where you are. But then you get mad at yourself for staying where you are because you're like, I don't know what the heck is happening. Like I'm doing the I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. I'm doing the work, <laughs> but like I'm not seeing the results, you know, mm-hmm. and I think one thing that I remember from that conversation was when it clicked for you that your job is just to make a decision, whether you like it or not, it helped you move the pace a lot quicker and you were able to like filter it in your head like I kind of saw these like flow charts of okay <laughs> I'm not gonna work out today okay so then when do I want to work out maybe mm-hmm. it'll be Saturday instead okay well I can't do the home workouts today but then what can I do oh I could do my dance choreography like it slowly went to like these options it just kept like going towards like more and more and more until it it got to the point where it's like you just got to make a decision mm-hmm. And so like, what would you say to someone who is like in the indecision making? Because I feel like that happens a lot to people and even me, because mm-hmm. I'm also like a control freak as well. <laughs> um, like us trying to control time, right? Like, right. I want to know how that has benefited you so much by just making quick decisions, even though it has felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring this back to when I was in college. So I was an engineering major um, before I came to medical school. So a lot of it was trial and error. And I don't think I really realized how, like a lot of engineering is trial and error um, and just trying something. And if it fails, then you try something else. And I never realized until like after the program, how much that can be applied to life in a good way. And I think that also applies to how I was thinking through the program. And so just giving it a shot, it's okay if you fail, because then that is a learning point for you to keep going as well um, and to learn from and do something different next time that might work better the second time. And if the second time doesn't work better, then there's a third time. And I think I always saw like weight loss as there was a timeline. And in a sense there is, but I think what I really appreciated about how you framed it was like the timelines and the deadlines that you give yourself are more like checkpoints rather than, oh, you have to lose like five pounds in a month. Yeah. 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 No, that's really good. And I think being a woman of color, I think it's good to create that space that safe space to fail mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that safe space to to be okay that like you messed up and make sure that like you don't always have to have everything right and I think the more you embrace that in this journey it really showed you the recipe mm-hmm. to create like your way of losing weight and it brings me back to when I remember telling you Honor, you know you don't have to finish all of your food if you're full mm-hmm. and you were like what like I could but I'm just gonna waste it if I like don't eat it and I literally like was telling Honoree like doesn't matter if you eat it or doesn't matter if you don't eat it you're gonna feel bad regardless because you can avoid the bad feeling of wasting food or eating it when you know like you're already too full and you were willing to try that out, even though it felt uncomfortable, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And there were some times where you did overeat. And there were some times where you did like finish everything, but it wasn't enough. And then you went for more. Mm-hmm. And that to me is how I thought about like the trial and error process for you to create like the portioning that works for you. And so mm-hmm. tell me about like that thought process, because I know this whole leftover conversation is a really huge thing, especially from, you know, like a lot of ethnic groups and just like the Asian culture in general, like it would come from 
the background of having food scarcity Mm -hmm. and so it's really easy for us to be like we have to eat everything because like we don't know when the last time we're gonna have like actual good food Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so I did grow up with the mindset of like oh you have to finish everything on your plate and so that has just some been something that I fell back on like come prior coming to the program and I don't remember but I remember specifically like going to the hospital and I had gotten like chicken tenders and fries and it was recently after like a conversation that I had with you about this and it felt so uncomfortable like eating only like two chicken strips maybe like a third of my fries and being like I'm full but like I don't I don't want to waste this yeah yeah (laughs) um and so it was a huge hurdle the first time doing it but I think as you went along and like as I did both like the journaling before how I felt before eating and like how I felt after eating that slowly went away like the guilt of just repeatedly doing it again like throwing away the food um and I just got comfortable doing it and then eventually got to a point where I figured out my portion size and I just knew how much I needed to grab for myself or like how much to tell the cafeteria person to just give me like instead of three just give me like two chicken strips it'll be fine (laughs) um and so I think the long-term effect of it even if like you wasted a lot of food and you felt guilty about it before I think in the long run figuring out your portion and how much you can eat is probably more beneficial both for yourself and like in for the sake of like not wasting food yeah and tell me how you use that today because I know we just got done with uh Thanksgiving Christmas is coming up New Year's I know not everybody celebrates these holidays, but I'm bringing Mm -hmm. up like the holiday season in general. Like, how does it feel to know your portion sizes? Like, even now, because I know you're still implementing these things. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that feel? I think there's a lot less guilt going around, um, like what I grab and like before and after eating the food. Um, And so I know how much like say fried rice that they have at the party like I know how much I should grab for myself um and if I'm like am hungry and I want to go for seconds then I allow myself to and so in a sense I am uh, like pacing myself at these kind of holiday events yeah and I also believe that when you got comfortable with your portion sizes it also made like eating out easier for you because Mm -hmm. I know you had a lot of drama around but they give me so much food or like I'm I'm going out to go eat with a friend. Like, I feel like I have to eat the same amount as they do or like I have to finish it or I got to make sure like there was always like some sort of anxious, like anxiety mm-hmm. around food because you felt like you didn't have that control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so can you touch on like when did it start clicking for you that you had control over food? And like, you can eat whatever the hell you want. You can go for seconds if you want to. I feel like that clicked for you at like month three and a half, four. Yeah. And you were like, I don't know what these good and bad foods are anymore at this point. Like, we're just, <laughs> we're just going to eat food. Food is just food. Yeah. I think that's really interesting for you to touch on because I've had so many conversations of even like friends and like peers and just people in general where they're like, is there ever going to be a day where you just stop thinking about food and like the anxiety around it and how it makes you gain weight and everything? I'm like, yes, there is a day where like it stops becoming like a priority for you in your brain. And and you're a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. I think some people always mark it as like a significant day where you like intentionally set it down as like, today is the day where I am no longer anxious about food. But I think for me, it came a lot. Um, it came smoothly just with practicing um, and the different habits that we built up through the program because I think I didn't even realize that I was no longer anxious about like good and bad foods anymore like it was just a matter of like am I full am I satisfied what am I craving focusing on other aspects of food rather than like how it relates to weight gain weight loss and like my progress Ooh, I love that y'all hear that (laughs) So if you want to have a good relationship with food and you don't want to be anxious around it, like stop tying food to weight loss, even though it plays a factor in it, right? Mm -hmm. It's similar to like stop tying your calories burned to weight loss Mm -hmm. and just work out for the sake of working out. 
and just eat food for the sake of food, like that you're hungry, mm-hmm. right? Like when you start leaving things where they're supposed to be and let them be the purpose of what they're <laughs> supposed to be for, like it helps you separate like weight loss from working out and nutrition, even though those things support and supplement the weight loss part of it, which mm-hmm. that's really good. I like that. I like that yeah. so much. And so I want to move on to your body image because mm-hmm. I think that's a really like sensitive, but also I think amazing topic to walk through because you've had so much transformation mm-hmm. in the process. And so talk to the audience and like, tell them like, how are you feeling about your body before all of this? And like, how do yeah. you feel about it now? I, I want to hear that like before and after because <laughs> y'all do not know I follow on her Instagram and I'm always hyping her <laughs> up when I see her wear crop tops. I'm like, girl, do you know that like day one Henri will be dying for this vision right now? So I just like hyping her up. So tell t- the audience. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I think for me, I was a really skinny kid growing up and I always got that not not growing up but I was like a chubby kid when I was little but then you know like puberty hits and like you slim up and so I really liked the feedback that I got when I was like a thin teenager going out and stuff and so I tried to keep that up in college even though I wasn't like as active probably wasn't eating as healthy and so like that led me to spiral into instead of the what is it like the freshman 15 that you gain it was more like the freshman 30 (laughs) just because I went back and forth between like okay there are days where I'll eat healthy and then like I get a taste of a cookie and I'm like okay I'll have another one oh there's cake over there I'm gonna go eat cake too and so that led me to gain a lot of weight and so when I joined the program it was a lot of just like I just want to look good and there are certain clothing that I can't wear until I get skinny And I was hoping that the program would lead me down a rope that would make me look in a certain way. But much to my surprise, like a good pleasant surprise, is that I learned to get more comfortable with my body and wearing what looks good on it at the time and being able to respect and appreciate what it is at at each step of the journey. Yeah. Tell tell them like what clothes were you avoiding? (laughs) I think it was crop tops was something that I was avoiding like you mentioned and I didn't wear skirts before the pro- the program I was very much like oh I have my legs are big now not gonna wear them um but like as I got I went through the program I always thought like oh you had to have like skinny legs to wear uh skirts and so I think I remember going to, I think it was American Eagle and there was like a skirt that I saw, you know, with like the button up. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to try it. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. try it. And even though it wasn't a size that I used to wear, like I was very comfortable wearing a bigger size and being surprised that it looked good on me. Yeah. You yeah. know what I just thought of as you're saying that? <laughs> like what? I want everybody to just check themselves when you have closed rules. Mm-hmm. it's just like we have food rules right yeah we have workout rules like oh we have to work <laughs> out a certain time of the week and a certain time of the day like I just caught myself the other day I know this is a little bit off topic but I caught mm-hmm. myself the other day where my brain was like oh my god it's already past 12 like you don't work out past 12 like you don't need to do your workout like it's it's past that time but I was like but I need to move my body like I just felt it mm-hmm. and like I didn't realize subconsciously I had a rule that if it's past noon, I'm not going to work out. Like my brain just automatically shuts off and it's like, we're not doing evenings workout, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with food. It's like, oh, when can you have desserts? Oh, only the weekends or only once a week or or like Monday is going to be that free cheat date for you. And then now you have like clothes rule of like, Mm -hmm. can't wear a certain type of clothes. Like legs are too thick. Arms are a little bit flabby. Like they're not like the skinniest. They're not the tonest. Like, these things or my stomach is not the flattest so I'm not gonna wear it mm-hmm. and it's just interesting to see yourself like checking those rules that mm-hmm. wasn't even made up by you right <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. and then like going against them mm-hmm. and I think like that's the hardest part of this journey is going against rules that you didn't create and feeling super uncomfortable that you're doing that because you're almost feel like you're cheating. Like, why mm-hmm. am I 
even buying these clothes or thinking about these clothes when I haven't lost a weight or why am I even trying to eat chocolates and cookies when I didn't earn it right Mm -hmm. so I think that's a that's a good point because I want to talk about how people think that they have to earn weight loss Mm -hmm. I think that's like a whole different concept itself (laughs) but like going back to your body image Mm -hmm. where are you at with that now compared to before yeah I think so I used to tie my identity with my body image a lot and my weight loss journey with my body a lot and though those two things are related I think separating them was very helpful in the process of being comfortable in my own skin um in that like just because I look a certain way and just because the number on or just because, sorry, reverse, just because a certain number on the scale doesn't mean that I look bad at the moment. So that that was a huge step for me. I don't know. I think looking at my body as something that can be like, that can do things versus something to be looked at was very helpful too in the process. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like seeing the capabilities of it versus like, just focusing on what it can do for you, like validating you and your feelings towards a certain idol, ideal look. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that brings me to like, we were doing a workout session together. And I think for the longest time I was like, oh, I'm too heavy for this. Like I can't do planks with my knee up. I was like, Honore, come on. Yeah. yeah. She (laughs) she did it fine. Yeah. I did it fine. But I think before going into that like I was like oh I'm too heavy for this I can't do this but being able to do it in the process was really helpful and of course like not all workouts and not every day I'm like oh my gosh I love my body so much but it's come to a point where I like accepted for what it is and knowing that in different seasons of my life it'll change and being okay with that has been really helpful in just being comfortable in my own skin yeah I love that so much Like, as you're speaking, something that came to my mind was, like, it's very important in your weight loss journey, health journey, to recognize that your looks does not equal your capability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you keep saying, like, oh, my body looks this way, that's why I can't do this, or... I look like this. That's why I can't wear this. Like when you are constantly making those comments subconsciously, even if you're saying it to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It tells you that like you're not capable of doing certain things or wearing certain type of clothing because you look the way you do. And that just doesn't help at all. And I think one thing that has really helped you embrace feeling confident in your skin was seeing how strong you were getting when you were doing your workouts I think you recognize like oh like these workouts are a lot like I wouldn't say easy to wear but it was like a lot more doable than you thought in your head yeah less intimidating yeah, yeah. and so when you did it you're like okay it's, it's not too bad like if I could do this like I could do I could definitely do like a different version of this and I remember we were coaching on push-ups and you're like I don't know if I can push myself up I'm like but you did push yourself up <laughs> Yeah. And so tell me about that. Like, tell me how building strength, feeling stronger in your body really shaped the way you you felt about your body image in a positive way, because I feel like that is something a lot of women can experience. Like, that's the reason why I started lifting weights was because Mm -hmm. it helped me step into feeling capable in the times where I felt the most incapable. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think for me, workouts were very much a point of like, I think in my life and in the time that I'm in right now, like there's not a lot of pieces that I can control. And as like a control freak, that stresses me out a lot. And so being able to know that like I chose to do these workouts and there are certain things that I can do with my body was very empowering. Even if it was just like, oh, I can hold a plank like five seconds longer. And on the days where I couldn't hold a plank five seconds longer, it was okay because I knew there was a next time that I could try it again. Yeah, that's so good. I like that a lot. Let's talk about working out because we're on that topic now. (laughs) What were your thoughts about it before? Because I think at the time your brain kept saying something like what you were doing wasn't enough. 
mm-hmm. and that like you needed to do more, but you needed to eat less. You needed to work out more like the once or twice a week wasn't enough. The, the dance choreography wasn't enough. Like it didn't count and like it had to be this way. Yeah. And so <laughs> I want you to talk about that because I think that branches into this whole topic here of you creating your weight loss health recipe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That recipe that works, that worked just for you. Like that thought process of unlearning what you knew about what working out should look like to mm-hmm. now like being okay with the way you do work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me coming into the program, it was like a combo of rigid schedule there had to be strength in it and there had to be like cardio involved in it and you had to do it for a set amount of time in your within one workout session and so I had all these rules around like working out and it was very discouraging and not helpful um, because it made me not want to work out even more and trying all these programs like Pilates, HIIT, um, like body weights coming into the program I was like oh She's gonna make me do all these all over again, huh? Like I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was really, I was really nervous about that. So when Sam brought up, like, what do you like to do outside of those things? I had brought up dance, and she's like, okay, then like dance as your workout. And I was like, are you sure? Like, does that count as exercise? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think to me, it's not like traditional exercise, but being able to starting out, being able to do exercise through something that I loved was very helpful in just propelling how things move forward um because because I like dance and because it's something that I want to improve on all the other things that came after like the stretches and the strengthening workouts would help in that goal of improving in dance as well and so that was really motivating for me in terms of working out um even if it wasn't like a typical schedule that I had to do every day yeah that's really good and while you're saying that I'm thinking about like the reason why you were able to do the like strength training that I created for you or like the um, push-ups and all of that the exercises that got you stronger was because you you moved your body in a way that felt the easiest for you at that time. Mm-hmm. And that created the consistency for you to like branch out and try other things. Right. Yeah. Like you, you took the least resistance path, <laughs> which is like something that a lot of us don't do when it comes mm-hmm. to losing weight. Cause you're trying to change so many habits all at once instead of just focusing on one. And so as you're listening to this podcast episode, I want you to know, like, if your brain is telling you, I need to go to the gym and you're like, I don't know if I could go to the gym right now. And you keep trying to force yourself to go and that's not leading you anywhere. You're not doing anything. Then you need to make the decision and do what feels the easiest. What is the least resistance? Because when you just get momentum in that, it will create like you to eventually go to the gym. If that's what you really want to do, mm-hmm. eventually work out at home and everything like that. Because I don't even look at me crazy. If I told her to go to the gym at that time with that schedule, <laughs> she would have been like, I don't know. I- I'm quitting. I don't know what this <laughs> program is about, but I'm not going to the gym five times a week. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's important to highlight because that really created consistency for you. When I was just like, just do what you like, just mm-hmm. do it whenever you want to throughout the week but just be intentional about it because I know you had that schedule where every month changes you didn't know what kind of shift you had certain days and you just had to literally go with the flow and be like okay I can squeeze in my workout Wednesday or like Saturdays but you were planning that because you were doing something that felt easy for you which was dancing Mm -hmm. Right. So like I wanna also touch on did you ever had any thoughts about like this didn't burn as much calories as this? Or I don't know if this is gonna help me lose weight. Like, was there any thought process when I was coaching you about this whole workout thing? Because I know a part of you was like, Oh no, I don't know about this whole dancing thing. I mean, I can do it, but I don't know if it counts, you know? Yeah. I think for me, dancing was something that was a hobby and something that I was just learning at the time. I didn't necessarily tie calories into it, but like calorie burning calories is something that I thought about a lot before coming into the program. Like 
the reason why I had to do cardio every time I had a workout session was because it would burn the most calories um, and not just the strength workout. But then like I couldn't just do cardio alone because then I would have no muscle. So then I would resort to like a lot of hit kind of things. Yeah, you were trying to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> like everything. I got to do the cardio. I got to do the training. Yeah. And the shortest amount of time. No, that's really good. So where are you at now with exercise? Like, how do you feel about it? Mm. Um, It's something that I don't do consistently still just because of my schedule, but I do find time and space for it, especially if it's something that I enjoy, like dancing. Um, And I need to take a minute away from just like all the chaos that is happening in my life with school and whatnot. And so it has become, for the most part, something that I enjoy and something that I look forward to doing. And there are definitely days where like, I'm just like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to do the strength training today. But I remember you saying that like, that can be a really good thing, because then it means that you're being consistent and some becoming something that's like, ingrained and routine in your life and that's not a bad thing yeah it's like the fact that you're even thinking that I don't want to work out like the working out is in your head so it's like oh I'm gonna give myself credit for even thinking that I should be working out today you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like that reverse psychology that's so good so does anything come up when you think about calories burned now like do you I know like when you think about food and and working out does that come to mind anymore like oh how many calories am I eating or how many calories am I burning to lose weight (laughs) um not at all so it's I think it's, I used to think about it a lot, just like numbers, because they are, were just something objective and something that was there that I could see. But I focus a lot more on like how I feel after I eat in certain things and how I feel after I work out more. And like, did that help me in feeling more energetic? I think that thinking of things in terms of like energy and how that makes me feel has changed my perspective on both like diet and what you eat and working out. Yeah. And how do you feel living this lifestyle? I know I asked you that last time, (laughs) but I just want you to like reflect on it. Like, how does it really feel to make this a lifestyle? Because let me tell y'all, whenever I tell my clients that they're going to make this a lifestyle, the first thing that comes to a lot of their mind is they're like, it's a lot. Like, it's how is this going to be something that I just don't think about constantly? Like, it feels so much effort in the brain Mm -hmm. and so the fact that you're doing some of these things now without having to really think twice about it like how does that feel it honestly I think when I first started the program and you like told me that I it was just like hit my like I hold my breath like that just sounds like so much work to do for the rest of your life but it actually turned out to be a lot easier um once you make things into habits and like viewing your body and food in a different lens like it just becomes um it like replaces your old habits if that makes sense like you don't think twice about it anymore yeah isn't it easier than the diets yes (laughs) right yes for sure I tell everybody that I'm like if you could do the diets you could do this Mm -hmm. you could do it in a sustainable way no this is so good I'm so glad that you came on the podcast today we're we're on time here we're just Mm -hmm. ending soon but I did just want to highlight your wins throughout the program (laughs) and so in the program honoree lost seven pounds one inch off her waist and she is no longer an unintentional emotional eater I say unintentional because there are some days where you just want to emotionally eat when that time of the month comes and when you are just aware of it, that you're making that decision and you know how to have that decision support your health and weight loss journey. Like that's just really good. And now she's created this lifestyle and just feels so much more confident in her body. I'm really proud of all the transformation she's created. There was a lot of work done, lots of tears, lots of happiness, but also I think like it is so much easier than the diet. And so I'm really glad that you came and shared your story here today. Do you have anything for someone who was in your same exact spot? Like if you were to say like an advice or just give someone something to your past self when you were afraid, because I know this investment was really scary for you. Mm -hmm. And also just like choosing to not do the diets anymore and choosing to do this the sustainable way like that is a big decision itself like what would you say to your 
path self that the audience could take away? Yeah, I think what comes to mind is two things. So I think I was always a very like hyper independent person. Like I can do this by myself, but I think it is always okay to reach out for help. Any regards is the first thing that comes to mind because I think without your guidance and without you like coaching me through the various mindsets kinds of things, I wouldn't be where I am today. Being able to just like have these uh, food choices and like exercise choices come in second nature. And the second thing would just be, is I've said this before, but it's something that I live by now yeah. is that it's easy, it's better to fail trying than to not fail and continue wondering what could have been because if I had not reached out to you um I think I would still be in the same place if not worse than where I was before I started the program and even within the program it wasn't like instant success there was a lot of trial and error in figuring out what works for you and what doesn't because even with the multitude of I put air quotes failures that we had um, ultimately we did end up in a much better place and continuing and being okay to continue progressing I love that I'm so proud of you you did all the work and the reason why I share my client's story on the podcast is I just want to highlight the raw honest truth about this journey and like not everything is rainbows and butterflies you're never going to be super motivated every single day you're never going to be super happy about your body and your food choices but the part here is like when you know how to manage the lows celebrating the highs are going to be so much more meaningful and it's just going to be something that you constantly do through life. And so thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for and me. yes, yes. <laughs> and um, if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, you can click the show notes below and apply for, for that. This is where I'm going to help you lose 20 pounds, stop dieting forever, and basically make it a lifestyle. And so if you've been thinking about it, just apply. We can get on a call. You can see if it's a great fit. You can make your decision from there. No strings attached. And I will see you next week. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com. And from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.